I saw him in like a 90s like rap video or like a 90s hip hop video. What the hell? It uh, what, the, the, the Crypt Keeper? Yeah, I did not like it. The, the Crypt Keeper was in a 90s rap video. And which part didn't you like? The fact that the Crypt, Keep, Crypt Keeper was in there or do you just not Wait, like the Crypt I'm, Keeper? Do you want me to send this to you right now? I don't want to see it. Yeah, send it to me. Damn it. Put it in the chat. Uh, I don't know what to call this. Crypt Keeper rap? Oh, God. I don't even want to look <laughs> at it. <laughs> Crypt Keeper rap. Well, wait, Crypt Keeper rap or Crippular? I thought said Crippular rap. No, Crypt, Crypt Keeper rap. I'm, I'm really scared for some reason. The Crypt Jam. God, I forgot how good this guy's voice is. This has 338,000 views. <laughs> it was only Holy uploaded five shit. years ago. This thing's older <laughs> than us. It's, it's not. It is. It says from the album Tales from the Crypt, 1991. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> Still a banger. <laughs> no, it's not. I'm going to play this on my next Halloween party, <laughs> no doubt. This is popping. <laughs> it's so lame. Ryan, I have one I have one comment to uh, as a rebuttal to what you've said. Okay. The 90s was that era of cheesy goodness. How can you hate it? Uh I hate this in particular. I don't hate all 90s things like I hate 80s things. I think the 90s was an improvement on the 80s, but uh but this in particular I did I did not enjoy. I don't I don't like I don't like the Crypt Keeper. I don't like his whole deal. I don't like You don't like the Crypt I used to love uh, Tales from the Crypt Keeper. No, hey, I don't. I just, clip keeper. It bothers me. I just don't like it. This shit looks licked in the crypt. <laughs> <laughs> There's a comment here from like only three months ago, four months ago here. This person says from three months ago, I, 50 years old, mentioned this in our Halloween Zoom meeting. No one knew what the fuck I was referring to. So I played it. Still a bop argue amongst yourselves <laughs> <laughs> that's what we're doing all right welcome to motor trends podcast the 2023 truck of the year sponsored yeah. by ryan johnson uh this is day one patch podcast episode 427 i'm your host ryan johnson tim spence how you doing 427 that's a lot of numbers that's a lot of numbers a lot of years too in there it's like eight years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, Matt Lawrence is with us as well. So Not for long. Oh, right. holy cow. Um, I popped in here a hot fix topic. Um, did either of you watch PlayStation's State of Play the other day? Thursday, I think it was. <laughs> Tim and I were just talking about how everybody missed it. So, yeah. no. <laughs> Matt sent me a text like an hour ago saying, did you know there was a state of play? I didn't see anything. Oh, damn. I was like, okay. I, nope, I didn't hear anything. I didn't see anyone talking about it. <laughs> oh. I, I get emails from Sony. I didn't get an email for it. So even Sony didn't care to notify people. Oh. Did I get an email? I don't remember if I did or not. Uh, No, I did. I definitely did. Yeah. You uh, messaged us, Ryan, but uh, you were golfing. I was, go- I was golfing, so. Yeah. Dang. Anyway, um, there was a lot of like VR things like shown off. Um, I think it was just watching it then. I think it was overwhelming, or sorry, underwhelming, uh, even by most people's uh, reviews I've seen online and stuff. Um, but particularly the the big game they kind of announced this as uh, being shown off at the state of play was uh, Suicide Squad, uh, Kill the mm. Justice League, 
And uh, me, Marty, and Adriano have kind of been excited for this game because we loved the Rocksteady Batman Arkham games. Um, but I, I, I think the footage for this did not show it in the best light. And I'm a little concerned. Um, it looked a lot like Marvel's Avengers, <laughs> which oh, was no. not a very good game. Oh, Other people no. said it's kind of like Anthem. It's like a, it's a games as a service game where you fly around a big open map and you fight these, you know, nondescript enemies and these crazy like looking tank vehicles and they how? have these, these purple spots on them that you have to shoot to destroy them. Oh my how god. Can, how can these yeah. these companies that have such a a like generous catalog of potential enemies to fight have boring enemy designs? They're yeah. comic book characters. There could be anything. Are you serious? Yeah. It, you fight almost exclusively robots in Avengers, including in the one of the DLCs that added a new map. It wasn't Wakanda. It was the one before that. And we were almost talking about, or we were talking about when they came out, how, you know, hey, this better have new enemies. And the very first time we had to go fight something, it was robots again. Yeah. Um, and it's not fun. Um, and I particularly, they say you can play the single player, but it's like, I don't think it's going to be any fun playing this single player. Um, so Matt, I, I don't think you have any interest in, in this game, right? I mean, I'm not opposed to a good co-op experience just in general. Like we even have uh evil dead that was given to us for free on PlayStation. Mm. Um, I mean, I enjoyed back for blood, left for dead, all those, and I'll check out Redfall even, uh, if it's good, you know, pending reviews or whatever, but that is true too, because like we haven't, I haven't played suicide squad yet. So I'll, I think I should reserve most judgment for that, well, I was actually uh, going to bring up like, should there is there a red flag when it com- when one of the first descriptors out of anyone's mouth is games as a service? Because it, like there are really successful games as a service games, but I wouldn't describe Fortnite as a games as a service first. I would describe it as a like a crazy, a constantly world evolving battle royale game that also allows you to play in a ver- in a variety of modes. And there's evolving, you know, rules and evolving uh, licenses that keep getting in, indoctrinated or inducted into this collection of, you know, kind of chaos that Fortnite is. It's, you know, it is a battle royale, but it is also so much more. You could play a bunch of different modes and this and that. And it also happens to be uh, games as a service. I think that might be it. The games as a service thing almost feels secondary to Fortnite, even though that is, you know, their business model. Um but it doesn't feel like the main objective of playing that game. Uh, whereas Marvel's Avengers kind of did. Where it's like, come keep doing these same things, these same missions over and over again, you know, to unlock, you know, a hundred thousand uh, nanites to upgrade your suit. Like, it's just like, you know, it's a big grind fest. It feels like. Well, it's crazy how, how much Fortnite um, evolves if you just play one mode. Yeah. If you just play the battle royale mode, whether you're playing the build or the or the zero build mode, you're getting new objectives all the time, new events. They give you free skins for doing events. They give you free. Uh, just recently, they give you. There was a whole slew of events you could do. It was almost like a free little mini battle pass, and you could just earn these. Uh, it wasn't XP, but it was something similar, and you earned like a. It was um, like getaway style, like heist, where they added vaults to the map. And then you did these uh, collection of challenges, like defeating the bosses, the criminal bosses and breaking into the vaults and stuff like that. And if you did that, you earned 
you earned a a skin, a backpack, uh, a new pickaxe. Um, when you get the backpack, you also can level up the backpack to change its styles, and that's all free. Um, yeah, and that's just one mode. You know, that's not like the majority of that stuff has to be done uh, in battle royale with zero build or build or some of it can be done in the in the team i think it's called team rumble or like whatever like the team fighting one um but, it, but it's just sad to see something like like you're right with with avengers it very much was well you know cl- you know collect this stuff do these repeat objectives there's a couple hub worlds go have fun and it's like it's not a game first it's games as a service first mm-hmm. yeah so it's a little disappointing. Um, there's other. Um, I do want to say that uh, Jason Schreier of Bloomberg pointed out that this game has been in development for, I don't know, eight, seven, eight years. So what what might have been or what might have seemed popular back then has now fallen out of favor, you know, but they had already done so much work on it that you can't really turn that ship around. Um so I don't know. I'm a little worried. Uh, the story looks good. I'm 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 kind of intrigued by the story, um, but other than that, it's uh, going to be a harder sell. I think. Is this the third or fourth? If we're assuming this is going to flop, is this the third or fourth one that's come out recently that's kind of flopped? Like a games uh, as a service like deal type deal. Well, Avengers and Anthem. And well, I was going to say like I hear nothing about Midnight Suns, but I don't know if it's considered good or bad. I don't think it's performing as good as they wanted it to, but the game reviewed well. Okay, I'm not sure if it's games as a service, it, but, but I, I more so meant are these superhero games flopping? The trouble with that one though is that that's like a niche genre. That's like a I forget what you call that. What is the what's the big famous game that that's like that? Is it XCOM? XCOM, yeah, it's like XCOM esque. That's that's already a niche, smaller, I think, you know, audience. Sure. Um, but yeah, the game was, is apparently fun. Well, at least that. <laughs> at least it isn't hopefully <laughs> uh, destined to be, I mean, not very yeah, well how did, liked. How did, like Avengers, Avengers. how did Avengers review? Was it just kind of like sevens? I think it was sevens, something like that. Because the, the campaign was good. I didn't mind that at all. That's the thing think- that sucks is like when when the content is there... Avengers is okay, mm-hmm. but then they're just sort of like, well, like this game is, you know, 20 hours and 10 of those hours is you collecting nanites and leveling up your character <laughs> and then go do that with each of the Avengers. Like, Oh my God. Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> 67%. I met a Metacritic. Yeah. So like seven ish. Some places people are above, some people are below 4.9 user score. Woo. All right. Let's hop into the new stories for the week. Um, this one's kind of interesting. Microsoft signs 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo consoles. This is from Kotaku. Microsoft's president and vice chairman Brad Smith announced today that the company signed a 10-year contract to bring Xbox games to Nintendo consoles. Smith took to Twitter to announce the binding contract, promising to drop Xbox games and Activision titles like Call of Duty on Nintendo hardware the same time these games hit Xbox consoles. Uh, the news comes as Microsoft's roughly $69 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard is put under the magnifying glass by almost every regulator imaginable. <laughs> so they said, quote, Microsoft and Nintendo have now negotiated and signed a binding 10-year legal agreement to bring Call of Duty to Nintendo players the same day as Xbox with full feature and content parity so they can experience Call of Duty just as Xbox and PlayStation gamers enjoy Call of Duty. We are committed to providing long-term equal access to Call of Duty to other gaming platforms, uh, bringing more choice to more players 
and more competition to the gaming market. Matt, you had some, or I guess people who have kind of brought up that, or did you share an article that Call of Duty would not be the same on a Nintendo platform? Uh, just based I, that, on, that wasn't me. On, based on performance? That, that wasn't me. That totally was you. If it was me, I have no memory of that, to be honest <laughs> with you. <laughs> but anyway, how do you think Call of Duty would run on a on a Switch? <laughs> not well. <laughs> I mean, and, uh, maybe this is in anticipation of future developments that Nintendo has planned. Like, oh, maybe they got some ins. Yeah, they got some. Uh, they got some some stuff in the pipeline. Maybe actually, yeah. Do you think that they would like? With with signing this deal, maybe they'd share a little on what they're doing for the next Switch console or next Nintendo console. Potentially, uh, as probably the only like big Nintendo fan here, Tim. Um, how do you feel about Call of Duty and Activision games coming to the Nintendo consoles? Does that excite you or what? I I'm curious more than anything, probably. Mm-hmm. Like I I really I don't know what they would really plan to do because like. The Switch has the potential to run games well and have them look very nice, but you know it's it's typically only when Nintendo does it. You know, so mm-hmm. I'll be interested to see like how they intend to pull this stuff off. I guess more than anything, um, I just get the feeling it's not going to be very good unless they're unless they are <laughs> looking at new hardware, like you know. The Switch came out in 2017. Yeah. So. And there's always rumors of the Switch Pro or, you know, a, a 4K model or something like that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, Call- there is there is a disparity in Warzone versus Call of Duty as well. So Warzone, which also includes the DMZ mode, has a very large map. Whereas Call of Duty without Warzone and DMZ is very small maps, um, comparatively speaking. So I wonder if if they just lowered the resolution, whether, quote unquote, just Call of Duty would run okay, And they're not going to be maybe they're not going to be offering exact future a feature parity with Warzone and DMZ. I know the deal is saying, though, this deal is saying parity. Right. But I'm wondering, like, like we don't have the agreement right in front of us, but I'm curious whether that they're talking specifically about Call of Duty and not about Call of Duty Warzone and Call of Duty DMZ. Mm. Because I would say Call of Duty, well, I suppose Ground War. So Ground War is also part of Call of Duty, and that that's a big map. And uh, Call of Duty Ground War, since Modern Warfare, um, the 2019 one, I think it was, but I, I've only ever played Modern Warfare and then Modern Warfare 2 with the new type of Ground War, which is sort of like a battlefield battle. And I kind of got the impression that the engine was struggling at some at some points. Um, and I got that impression a lot with the performance or at least the early performance that I saw on Twitch of um, uh, Vanguard with their like sort of Warzone update. And with Warzone 2.0 and with the, this new Modern Warfare 2, uh, those concerns, at least for me, have gone away. I've tried Warzone. I've tried DMZ. I've also tried uh, Ground War. But... Like largely, like I said, I'm curious how much, how much is like, is in the next Call of Duty, are they just going to cut ground war? And then they'll be like, don't worry, like you're going to get Call of Duty. You're not going to get Warzone. You're not going to get DMZ. 
but you're going to get the full Call of Duty. It's just the smaller maps, and we're not going to worry about this one singular mode anymore. I don't know how popular well, Ground War is. This is total speculation, but... Warzone itself, though, is more esportsy, right? So it's it's pretty... Like, when I played Warzone just a couple times, I did. You can tell it's been, you know, scaled down significantly to be more efficient and, you know... So I don't I don't see any reason why Warzone couldn't come to to a Nintendo console at, at some you know lower resolution and lower fidelity. Yeah, like they've also had years. Like I said, at the 2019 Modern Warfare, I, I you know I saw some stutters, some weird hiccups, some some bad latency, even if my internet wasn't acting up. And other people in the server that I'd be in in a part in the party with would experience the same like lag and stuff like that. So whether that was you know the engine having trouble, whether that was the server having trouble. Um, I, some stuff I swear was the engine because I would see duplications of of uh, objects. Sometimes I would see like a helicopter come crash, and I would see like two versions of the helicopter for a couple of seconds, sort of like how Battlefield One used to have the two planes yeah. uh, when a plane blew up type of thing. Oh yeah, but it would only happen for like a quick second, and it was almost like as if it was like a local syncing problem or something. Like I'm not a game dev; I don't work at the Call of Duty team, so I'm not sure. Um, but I estimated that was because Call of Duty for the for one of the very first times, especially with Ground War, was it was blowing up. It was like getting literally big when it used to be, you know, shipment size maps, which are effectively tiny. And then, you know, maybe two or three times the size of shipment or maybe even four or five times the size. But that's nowhere close to a Ground War um, or a DMZ or Warzone map. So maybe now that they've had all those years of experience... They've you know, sorted out any server problems, any engine problems. There is Warzone coming to mobile. So maybe, you know what? Maybe that's what they're going to be given to the Switch. <laughs> Some sort of like up version, upsized version, upscaled version of the Warzone mobile. We'll see. Yeah, I find it odd. You know, I, I know Nintendo is all about the experience and the games and stuff, and they're not so interested in always providing the most powerful console ever. But it's like, imagine what they could do if they had a, you know, completely modern, you know, on par with Xbox and PlayStation console. Like, imagine what the next Breath of the Wild would look like on something like that. I think that'd be really cool, but uh, that doesn't really seem to interest them. I find it kind of odd. I mean, I, I do sort of agree with their philosophy in that the experience is not necessarily based on performance, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. There is, there is you know validity in in saying that it adds to the experience like how many times have you booted up a game and just like seen the first like big vista and been like damn that's really cool look at how cool that looks and then you know you keep playing the game but it it doesn't all come down to performance like that and uh like there have been plenty of times where and like like i said before nintendo has done a good job making full use or taking full advantage of the uh of the switches hardware mm-hmm. with their things like Mario Kart 8 still holds up still looks really good Breath of the Wild still holds up still looks really good and that was a game designed for the Wii U and it and it looks great on the Switch and, and so you know well I think that's kind of um, kind of to my point though is like they're they're doing so much with so little imagine what they could do with so much more I think it, uh, different groups uh, like different dev teams within you know Nintendo um, all kind of have that aesthetic that they go for. Mm-hmm. Um, like the Mario stuff is like solidified, like the, the designs for Mario yeah. and Bowser yeah. and like everything peach, they're all solidified. Like having better graphics, isn't going to change them very much. It's hard to even um, imagine it, right? Yeah. Like I remember, but it's funny, right? You have to keep an open mind that like 
um i remember seeing that like intro cutscene to super smash bros melee on the gamecube mm. and they're showing the like what like the, they have the little like statues of the characters and then it, it's sort of like that like um sparkling effect kind of goes up mario and you can see all the like details in, in like the denim of his of his overalls and like <laughs> yeah and like his his clothes and stuff and i was like damn look at how good it looks and of course it looks terrible now <laughs> but um you know you you get used to because you can only ever compare what we see to what we have seen right so we don't know what sort of potential there is for mario to look better and uh but yeah, like from the Wii U to the Switch, I mean, largely nothing's changed. Um, and then there was that big jump between, you know, the the GameCube and the Wii and then the Wii and the Wii U. So I don't know. It's it's hard to imagine, but I, I, I don't think there's going to be that much more change in terms of like aesthetics for the major Nintendo IPs unless they plan to go totally different style, right? Like there was a big difference between Ocarina versus wind waker versus um twilight princess mm-hmm. twilight princess was more the realistic kind of gritty um sort of aesthetic and then you look at wind waker and it's cell shaded and the, like toon oh, characters yeah, yeah. with like sort of the chibi proportions and stuff and all very like cartoony and um so there's there's that right it's not to say that nintendo couldn't do it uh they would just ha- it would just have to sort of be in scope of their of their art direction for whatever they were mm-hmm. making. But I don't think we're going to see any gritty Mario or anything like that. I suppose technically the movie might be the best Mario would ever look just in terms of uh, fidelity and HDness. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's illumination, right? So they're, mm-hmm. it's their style rather more, more so than it is like the, uh, the, the like Nintendo dev team. Right. Yeah. All right, let's move on to our next story here. This one's kind of funny. Um, do you guys remember Angry Birds? Did you I either do. play Angry Birds? Yep. Never. Never? Oh, Never time, played right? it. Okay. Uh, Angry Birds developer delists original game due to its impact on free-to-play versions. This is from Shack News. Um, Angry Birds might be one of the most popular early mobile games, setting the table for a ton of titles that would come to smartphone and tablets after. But Rovio apparently hasn't been happy with the effect the original game is having on its newer free-to-play variants. The mobile developer has decided to delist Rovio Classics, uh, Angry Birds, which is the original game, and all of the fun it entails. The reason for the delisting is that Rovio claims the game is seemingly having a negative effect on its on its free-to-titles in the series. So basically, they make more money off of the uh, off of the versions that have like microtransactions in them than they do on the you know purchase one and done original angry birds and so they're delisting it well not not off the app store though which is interesting it's not being off kicked, the app store? It's, it's being isn't it isn't that what it says here decided the rovia classics will be unlisted from google play store additionally the game will be renamed to red's first flight in the app store pending further review oh. <laughs> Red's first flight. Yeah, that's right. Um, I think that might be because it's it's part of Apple Arcade. I'm surprised it's not part of Google Play Classics or whatever the hell that, that subscription service is. Oh, they got one too? Yeah. Uh, I like that they're upfront about it, I guess. Just saying this game is having a negative effect on our other games. So we're getting rid of it, but it does seem kind of 
like a crappy thing to do. You know, what I mean? well, is it is it is it a maintenance problem? Hmm? Is it a maintenance problem? Like a lot mean? of these games have to connect to the internet. I don't know if Angry Birds needs to connect to the internet. Is this a maintenance problem? Where oh my god, it's it's already renamed when it's first flight. There you go. But it's I'm just curious as to whether because like I, I've actually listened to a podcast recently in my field, uh, which is web development, and you know not to get too deep into that, but um. I had a conversation with uh, like my business partner a few times where I was like, everything you make like has to have like some sort of maintenance done with, on it eventually. And sure enough, like one of the bigger podcasts in the, in our space had a conversation about how everything you make <laughs> literally needs to have maintenance done. So are we kind of re- reaching this critical mass? Um, because if you think about it, something like uh, game preservation, uh, think back to cartridges, cartridges work in a, uh, in like an N64, let's say it's an N64 cartridge. As long as you're able to uh, effectively, if you want to play it in the most original form, as long as you're able to keep that N64 and cartridge in good condition, that's your game preservation. But if a game now requires a server infrastructure that constantly checks licenses and checks the time and checks for, you know, God knows what else, it's a problem, especially Mm -hmm. if you're using open source licenses that maybe have, or not even open source licenses, just licenses for, you know, enter, you know, whatever you purchased here that it may have expired and stuff like that. Like there's a reason why games get delisted. Is this like, what type of impact did they, did they expand and what type of impact it was? I don't know if that was the case just because they, they literally told us it's because it's having a negative effect on their other games because people want to play the original or are searching for angry birds and finding the original rather than their newer ones that have a higher profit margin on them or just make more money in general. Right. Right. Um, and I just looked it up. So Angry Birds Reloaded is what the Apple Arcade game is called. But if you just okay. search the App Store, you have to look for Red's First Flight. So it doesn't even say Angry Birds in the title. And when I type in Angry Birds into the search engine, you get an ad on the top that says Angry Birds Dream Blast. Okay. Then Angry okay. Birds 2. Then Angry Birds Friends. And then finally Red's First Flight, followed by Bad Piggies. So I think they're yeah, just Angry Birds is to... gone off of here. I'm surprised. Like because I, I, to... I, I looked and it and it's uh it was there a few days ago and it is not there now on Android. Yeah. So they're trying to force users to buy their other games or or download their other games. Which is just a bizarre thing. And sorry, did they announce that they would be like removing the original ones and stuff? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So it's it's not like a they didn't just like silently get rid of it kind of thing. It's one of those situations where they came like out Flappy Bird again where you us. can't you can't download it anymore and people are going to start selling iPhones with Angry Birds still installed on it or whatever. Oh man, that happened with PT on PS4s too. Oh, it actually says here, just to be clear, uh, this is from the story that we're referencing. Uh, there's a caption on the image here and it says, uh, Rovia Entertainment claimed that the original Angry Birds was cannibalizing its sales and activity on free-to-play titles in the franchise. So yeah, it is quite literally that. I was trying to give them a bit of a benefit of a doubt, I guess. Thinking, oh, you know, it's maintenance and maintenance costs money. So why would you maintain something that's so old? But uh, no, that <laughs> doesn't yeah. appear to be the case. No, they just told us. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, you're saying you're about to say that you're sad that Angry Birds is gone. Oh, no, I don't, I don't care one way or another. And I have Apple Arcade, so I still have access to it. <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine. Galdern premium users. 
the delisting of stuff is pretty weird. I think it's something that we didn't see coming when it came to going digital because going mm. digital is like convenient because physical was convenient for a long time. But then if you're a person that's played plays games over a long period of time, like those discs do not take up a lot of space. Many discs take up a lot of space and uh, people just don't have the space or they don't want to allocate that space what? to, you know, the cartridges, the CDs, the whatever the discs. So uh, digital seemed so great, but now it's really is kind of surrendering. Well, it's kind of surrendering like, you know, Hey, like they can control this and they could just, they could take this away and then they could charge for it later if they wanted to. That was kind of the thing about digital too, was that it was convenient to store a lot. So like, it's like, what do they have to gain by delisting it? Well, it's because they're trying to redirect traffic towards like more money, more profitable things. Right. If you give people the option, they're going to go, Apparently, in this case, towards the least profitable thing, I think Which, they're probably they're yeah. probably struggling too to create demand for things because digital is forever. Once it's up on a digital store, it's rare to see it get taken down. Um, but then, how do you create you know demand? I remember famously, Disney has the the ten year vault or whatever, where they vault a movie for ten years, you know, and then Which they sounds crazy it or or DVD it or whatever, right? Again, Which sounds crazy, but it makes it. it makes an excitement again about it. Um, and I think that's why, you know, games always have either remasters or, you know, some big update later on or something. It 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 brings it back into the zeitgeist and gets people talking about it again. And it's basically like having a relaunch of something, right? Because the highest sales you'll ever get is on launch. Um, and you need to create new fake launches after that <laughs> to get boosts in sales. Does this remind anybody about, like, the Nintendo... Uh, one of the was it one of the Super Marios or something? They sold a limited version, a limited amount of oh. physical, and they limited yeah, the Mario All Stars collection on the Switch for Mario uh, sixty four Galaxy and Super Mario Sunshine. Yeah, your your mention of the Disney Vault reminded me of that, Ryan. Yeah. How can I miss you if you're never gone? How can I lower the price when I can just keep it at, at full retail <laughs> and then constantly get demand by like, Shit, I, have, I missed it, missed it on sale. I have a small respect for that. I'll be honest. They're saying this is our work. This is how this is how we value our work, you know, and it doesn't diminish just because time goes on. We still value our work at this at this price. They're also saying this other thing that we stand by that we think is really good. Uh, it doesn't make us as much money as other things, so you can't buy it anymore. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good yeah. point because on Android, it was a fee. It was like, a, I don't know, $1. twenty-nine or something. Yeah, it's $1.39 on iOS. The oh, Sorry, <clears throat> excuse me. Red's first flight is $1.39. Not Are Angry Birds. Rip Angry Birds. Well, no, it's still well on Android, I guess, but it's still over here on iOS. I mean, on Android, you just download an a- pirate an APK, which I mean, I don't, I don't condone, but people, w- people <laughs> yeah. are going to do that because they, they, they need Angry Birds. They can't live without their Angry, Angry Birds. Angry Birds sales plummet as everyone starts to just download it instead. Is Angry Birds <laughs> dead? I'll be on yes. YouTube videos, man. Talking about things that are dead, I was going to send you guys a, a, a on my damn uh, YouTube homepage. A video came up and it was like. Why isn't Fortnite dead? You Fortnite should be dead by now. I lost my shit. I'm so sick of these damn videos of like, is this game dead? Like, well, there's 150,000 people playing it, so I don't think so. You know, whatever. <laughs> I don't know if that's the number on Fortnite. I just threw out a number, but it's got to be more than that. It's probably probably way more than that. 
All right, let's move on to our final story. Uh, we've been playing Baldur's Gate 3 on uh, on our Twitch stream on Wednesdays, um, twitch.tv slash Media. <clears throat> and uh, they recently just announced, um, actually, this was on the state of the play, uh, state of play, Sony's state of play. Baldur's Gate 3 is coming to PS5, and they gave a release date as well. Um, but yeah, this is from IGN. Baldur's Gate 3 finally got a release date yesterday, but fans quickly noticed that Xbox wasn't included in developer Larian Studios' launch plans. In a statement to IGN, Larian Studios clarified the situation, saying the studio is planning to release Baldur's Gate 3 for PC, Mac, GeForce Now, and PS5. An Xbox version is in development, but Larian Studios has struggled to get split-screen co-op working on Xbox Series X and S, causing it to delay an official announcement. And uh, I have their full statement here, which I'll read. Uh, quote, following yesterday's PS5 and, re- and release date announcement, we've clarified that right now we're planning to release Baldur's Gate 3 PC, Mac, GeForce Now, and PS5. That said, we have no exclusivity for which platform we can bring uh, BG3 to or when, and we'll announce support for additional platforms if and when we're ready. We're seeing a lot of varied interpretations of what that means, so we wanted to clarify further. We've had an Xbox version of Baldur's Gate 3 in development for some time now. We've run into some technical issues in developing the Xbox uh, port that have stopped us feeling 100% confident in announcing it until we're certain we've found the right solution. Specifically, we've been unable to get split-screen co-op to work uh, to the same standard on both Xbox Series X and S, which is a requirement for us to ship. There's no platform exclusivity preventing us from releasing BGG3 on Xbox day and date, should that be technically possible. If and when we do announce further platforms, we want to make sure each version lives up to our, uh, our standards and expectations, end quote. Um, I think the first thing people jump to is is the Xbox Series S actually the thing that's causing problems and holding them back. It's a lower power powered device. We've heard from a few outlets that developers are not happy having to develop for that older console. And uh, could that be the issue here? Matt? What? Tim's the expert on Baldur's Gate 3 here. Tim's our resident Baldur's Gate 3 expert. All I do in Baldur's Gate 3 is do uh, horrible things to our NPCs, send them off to death, and, and then oh, I guess it's, Tim's an Oathbreaker, so. It's been yeah. such an interesting playthrough because, like, all the characters <laughs> that the community has just absolutely fallen in love with, you've just, like, sent off to die. You don't care about them. <laughs> you have no connection. It's so It's so completely opposite, like, the way that I would play. It's been really interesting. The saddest thing, I know this is off topic, but the saddest thing of our playthrough was that we killed the hag to save that woman. <laughs> and then we killed that woman and all she wanted was her husband back. And then not 15 minutes later, we found an artifact that would bring her husband back without yeah. the hag. Yeah. Oh, good times. Good times. Crazy times is what it was. These are these are the things about a playthrough that you remember, right? Not because it's like the thing with D&D, like it's just as like to pick it out because it's, you know, similar to what Baldur's Gate is. Um, everyone wants like everything in an RPG to always go right. You know, like they want, they want their dice rolls to always succeed and they want, um, you know, everything to, they, they, they want this and then it happens sort of thing. Um, but that's not memorable. What's memorable are, are the moments that went wrong. Yeah. And, and, uh, and it's always really interesting to like see the ways that, um, it can like change the story because something went wrong right now there's stakes or there's, you know, the first, the first thing that you thought that might work didn't work. It's like, okay, so now without that solution, now what do we do kind of thing? And, uh, 
it's 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 funny because there is a there's a, a difference between like a video game where when you're playing a video game unless you're specifically looking for like a challenge mode um you know most of the time your your first the first thing you try the first solution is what works um not the case when you're rolling dice right because it's a little bit more random that way but for Baldur's Gate they they added a thing uh with like weighted dice rolls so by default in Baldur's Gate the things that you try to do are usually going to succeed um but you can turn that setting off and that was something that they added after the fact because when they were asking for player feedback um from the first couple of like weeks and months of the game being out like in early access they're saying oh you know what what do you kind of like what do you not like and people were kind of saying like i'm finding myself save scumming because i'm trying to do something and the dice rolls don't work out mm. so then i just reload a save and i and i save so i just save scum until i get what i want so they were like okay well i guess we'll just um add like a give that to them <laughs> yeah like a weighted dice option because then it's still like for the people that want things to be truly random so that your playthroughs will be different all the time you can still have that i do appreciate a single player game that does that where they give you options or they just straight up design it for what i call like quote unquote fun where they don't care <laughs> unquote, about it fun. being like well like, what i mean is like some people love having like a really difficult game but mm-hmm. something like this is this is a different, totally different game. But Dead Rising Three, to me, was like built quote unquote for fun because you could combine things, like combine weapons, like parts together to create weapons and stuff. And one of the crazy things you could do was you could combine a motorcycle and a uh, an asphalt roller together, and they just always put a, an asphalt roller and a motorcycle together, like just standing like out in the middle of the street. So you could just go up there, combine them. And then also there was NOS and flamethrowers on it for some reason, <laughs> which are not part of a motorcycle and not part of, of uh, an asphalt roller. But it's just, you know, it's ridiculous. Like it's, it's, it's stupid. It's fun. It's not like, well, no, like you get into that zombie horde and you slowly make your way to your objective. I know some people love that, but uh, I do well, appreciate when games give you the option like they are doing where they're like, hey, you know, you can have the weighted rolls or don't. Well, Dead yeah, Rising's so- always been a very arcadey type game, right? It's kind of within the spirit of the of that particular game itself, but certainly, like, yeah, I know what you mean though about having the option of things like, do you want them to be like, you know, first most often first time through works, or do you want it to be like gritty? Because sometimes you sit down and you want to play a game that has challenge, and sometimes you sit down and you want to play a game for the fantasy of it, right? Yeah, you, you want, want to you feel, want to feel like, like a you're, you're powerful or whatever, yeah. And there, there's fans, there's yeah. times you want uh, want one and want the other, or both, or neither, or well, just movie, or Fortnite, or or, or Fortnite, sure, <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is, <laughs> the metaverse. Sometimes you want the metaverse, oh, but you actually don't. Well, I actually had a question, which I I can't remember what your question was, Ryan. So I apologize if it's the same one, but uh, Wait, what, what I was question? your question about Baldur's Gate three. Um, the topic of this, the yeah. Wrong? I thought you had asked me a question that passed it to me, but um, well, no. The, the, the original issue was why can't this run on an Xbox Series X and S? And I was just saying, is it possible that the low performance or lower performance, I should say, of the Series S is going to cause that? That's what I was going to bring up. Is uh, the specific? I was going to bring up the news story that we uh, mentioned before, where some studios were begging Microsoft to not 
force them to have like parody or something like that yeah because they were really struggling and it was like really making uh, development grueling mm-hmm. to keep up with the x and the s and that and that the s was sort of holding back the x um that they, very they, well could be the case here they ported this damn thing to mac if they could get this running on a mac they should be able to get it to run on a series x and S. I don't know if that's uh, the the split screen works, thing is interesting though because that requires power. That requires power, yeah. Like you're yeah. the and then the, you you could limit it to an extent where maybe the story limits some movement, but I don't know if this is true. Like, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim. But could I be in that one village, uh, the main village where we used to trade and stuff like that, until you guys murdered the the traders? And I never then... murdered anyone in that game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway the I witness could, murder like could i could for example could my character be in there and you guys be in the uh goblin village in that like basement that we're in right now could you could that happen or does the game like have a tether where it's like hey you're I, too far away i think there's a loose tether yeah okay because that's a that's one I way to, wrong. to so keep you're talking about like loading like two instances right mm-hmm. two separate areas and running definitely both. we've definitely done that we've definitely like Loaded two instances, right? Like we, we yeah. were trying to do the thing with the uh, with no, that no goblin. <laughs> yeah, the goblin be like, "No gawkers! I don't want any gawkers while I do this." <laughs> and uh, that involved us running all the way back out of the whole goblin camp, right? Yeah. Or the whole interior, rather, to go outside, and then that actually made it work. So, like, it's uh, it's certainly doable to an extent. But running that on a console, we're all on pretty decent PCs. Mm-hmm. Doing that on a console, might be console just change it, yeah. Because I think I think Dying Light, I feel like Dying Light One had a tether on PS4, and I wouldn't be surprised if Dying Light Two has. I, I rarely played that one co-op. I wonder what the rationale was behind the Xbox Series S. Obviously, they wanted a lower cost entry, right? It's a Game, the, it's a game Pass box. Yeah, but like, why couldn't it have of like what PlayStation did was have a disc model and a discless model. It's not any lower powered. It just doesn't have a disc drive. Now maybe that only saves you like twenty five bucks. I don't know, right? Doesn't uh, save you much. Yeah. Um, so maybe that's the only way they could actually cut you know costs was having the lower performance one. Well, do you guys remember Microsoft was talking about how they were working on uh, like a like an Xbox Game Pass or like an Xbox TV stick? Oh, uh, yeah, it's just like an HDMI stick or something, that type of thing. We haven't yeah. heard about that. We haven't heard from that in a long time. I almost feel like, and this is just me speculating, but I almost feel like the Xbox Series S is the thing that gave them that idea or was in the same wheelhouse where they're like, oh, we can have these sort of lower end items that people will use. So like that we have a we have a a range of products here where you can use the HDMI stick. That'll be for streaming. And then you can use the Series S and that'll be for streaming and some downloading. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to if you want to use the full fidelity and the full power and have more space and storage and all that, then you use the X. Right. Uh, it could also be with the um because these were custom made, at least they told us they were custom made chips for the Xbox and PS5. But you know, the way chips works is you don't always get the performance you wanted, and so you create like a lower end model. Could that just be a way of using those uh those I can't I can't remember the word for it, but um like the lower end chips they would produce off of the, the palette. 
Like you mean just like they had a stock of it, so you're they were trying to get rid of it. <laughs> well, it's it's like when they make like a, a, a an RTX forty eighty, right? Not all not all the chips they produce in those batches equal the power of a forty eighty, and so they have like lower end versions of them, and they just sell them as forty seventies or forty sixties. Yeah, some of the trans. I think it was like some of the transistors fail, is what I was told in college. Yeah, yeah stuff like that. So I wonder if they just had a bunch of these. You know, failed AMD chips, and just said, "Okay, let's let's you know, fewer cores. Let's turn off some cores and just sell them as a as a little fourteen forty p box." You know, yeah, very possible. Yeah. Uh, actually, I would I would like to know the breakdown of sales between the Series X and S. I don't know if they ever, ever tell us that. They don't really tell us their numbers anymore since they're <laughs> since they're not better than Sony's numbers. So. That's right. crazy to me. I don't know. That's like you're still a successful game brand. I mean, I would just show my numbers, like whatever. Because like if I'm losing, I'm losing. It's not a it's not a su- secret or a surprise. Well, I mean, even Apple doesn't do it anymore, and they're still raking in you know billions of dollars in profit. Um, but they don't give their numbers anymore either. Um, they claim that it's because they don't want their competition to know their numbers. I'd be fine with it if that was like their their policy all along. But the fact that it's like, oh, that's our policy. Like, like we're not going to show these numbers now that we're losing. I know they didn't literally say that, but that's certainly way, what though, it seems to be. Elden Ring, twenty million. Yeah, almost. Wow, exactly on the like one year mark of it coming out too. Oh, Jesus, yeah. that's insane. Uh, and no announcement of DLC for that, eh? They just not did yet. that arena update and. So maybe they get a whole new wave of people if they get uh, some other big updates coming out. There's a lot of speculation right now about the DLC and like what it's going to uh, uh, like revolve around. And there's so much around the character of Mikola that is implied, but never like I got a Google. I don't expand it upon. Mikola is Millennia's brother, and when that- you go to uh the Mogwin Palace to find Mar Margot's Morgoth's twin brother Moog, the blood guy with the oh big spear. Uh, PTSD flashbacks on all these names. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Moog, just a real quick Elden Elden Ring lore. Moog stole uh Mikola from the Hailing Tree, which is where you find Millennia. Because <laughs> Mikola was like growing into the the um or he was like sleeping in the uh in like a sort of shell inside the husk of the of the hailing tree and moog stole him and uh used him as like an offering to his uh deity which is like the formless mother or something like that um so people are speculating that because there's all this lore around Mikola that the um the DLC is going to in some way expand upon Mikola maybe you have Mikola as like a boss fight or you go into some sort of empyrean dream place because Mikola's like not technically dead um but was you sort of like he's in the this brother cocoon. of who? millennia i am millennia Blade yeah. of Mikola, and I have okay. never known defeat. Because I know that um, who's the lady they all worship? Uh, the there's like there's statues of her all over the place, in in the in the churches and stuff. Oh yeah, um, what's her name? 
because she also uh, has like a brother or something, right? That she is Radagon. Yeah, <laughs> she's she's both. <laughs> like, uh, why can't I? I'm totally blanking on her name, but yeah, like the uh, the one at the at the end who's like, she was she was married to, uh, Godfrey, who was king consort of Landell, because he was originally the barbarian warrior Horalu. And then she sort of like she made him take the the beast Sarosh upon his back and become more like nobility. And he was the first Elden Lord, right? The dude with the big the big great axe, Godfrey, that guy. Uh, um, and then that was and that was after she was originally like, or she sent Godfrey away to go do some war in another country or something. And then America, right? America, yeah. Thank you. And then she sent uh, him away and then became <clears throat> Radagon uh, or like is like she's both right. She's she's a deity who just transforms into two different characters. Um, and then as Radagon married Renala, who is the leader of the um, you can thank George R. R. Martin for this, by the way. He wrote all the all the lore about the deities. This is the most Game also, of shit. It's not just that they have all similar names. There's just too many of them. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, and multiple <laughs> all, names all similar for names, multiple yeah. characters. Renala's the like the leader of the uh, like magic academy in um, the Liar. Rhea Lucaria. Rhea Lucaria. Yep. Uh, and then she, like, they had they had kids. I think as Radagon. Yeah, as Radagon and, and Renala had Millennia and Radon and Mikola. I think I think that's right. Man, if you ever just want to sound real nerdy, yeah, just start listing off Elden Ring names and locations. Yeah, uh, Margaret, Morgoth, Lyernia, uh, Millennia, America, Mikola. They all start with G, R, or M because George R. R. Martin. Yeah. All right, that's it for the stories for the week. We're going to move on to what we're playing. Uh, Matt Lawrence, what are you playing? What? Elden Ring. Uh, no, actually, but uh, <laughs> Tim and I did tackle uh, a pretty long session. Actually, got a lot done in a in a good session of uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Uh, continuing that, we're uh, HR three now. I think uh, that was a lot of fun. Got a lot done. We uh, made up an armor strategy for I think both of us, and uh, got into some new weapons and stuff like that. Also progressed in the story, like I said, through HR three. Uh, we got through that first Online major. Specifically, we didn't do any of the single player stuff. Yeah, yeah, like we're doing the online, the, like the co-op stuff or whatever, um, and the urgent requests. I'm not sure if that's considered just online or what that what that's considered. But well, urgent uh, requests are just to level up your rank. But there's like a single player story to go through, and then there's the online, which is your like. Actually, maybe the HR is only for online. It's been a while since I played this. <laughs> I didn't play it since launch. I can't remember how it works. But yeah, but yeah, we finished. Uh, we did a whole bunch of it. Um, we got what was that one we got stuck on, Tim? We got. It was like you're like oh you know you know whatever the creature was his name you're like oh, oh it won't be for a while and then it's just like uh, the very next mission they're like go go fight it <laughs> Magnamalo yeah Magnamalo kicked her ass yeah he's a he's a friggin' bastard that guy I forgot about um about I think because the game sort of expects you to spend more time learning how the game works by playing single player at least a little bit first mm-hmm. 
but then when you're online and you can just like bring in, you know, you can just send out your like SOS flare or you can allow people to join, right? Like right from the get-go. So yeah, the quests are like infinitely easier if you let more people join in the hunt, especially if they are like good at fighting that one thing, right? Because then they're just straight at a DPS. Um, but uh, yeah, it's in, for, for me, having not played it for a long time and uh, kind of forgetting how, how the game works and trying to get back into my muscle memory of like using certain weapons, uh, he can definitely be a wall for sure. And to our credit, I mean, we only fought mm-hmm. him once and lost and then went and got like fought some other things to make like a proper armor set for your weapon that you're using to get like good skills. And then we got like some stuff for me and then we fought him again and we beat him. Right. So like it's uh, but it's definitely one of those things where like you could be stuck on it if you are stubborn and refuse to like let anybody help you kind of thing. And you just kind of keep trying with the same strategy over and over again. Like Monster Hunter is a game that really rewards changing up your strategy, trying new things, preparing uh, to like preparing, like, yep. looking at your gear and stuff way over preparing with like supply items you know bringing your your healing potions but then also bringing materials to make more healing potions and like bringing really powerful you know ammunition let's say if you're using a like a bow gun um and then again bringing the materials to make more of that strong ammo mid-fight kind of thing um yeah no it's 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 a lot of fun it's such a great game to play multiplayer because you can just devise strategies with other players and stuff like I was just like, oh, maybe I'll try doing like a sleep bombing set, even though I don't have any, you know, armor skills that help apply sleep status or boost bomb damage. But let's just try to do it. And, you know, it was very helpful. So it's uh, it's it's such a great game to give you the tools to try a bunch of different stuff. And it usually pays off. Yeah, for sure. Because like like you said, we, up, we upgraded, we changed up some of my armor and I think we... We ground, uh, not a Rathalos, but some other rock dragon thing in that desert. Oh, Basarios, yeah. That's it, yeah, to get you uh, a tail, I think, for your weapon, I want to say. I don't know if that's right. Um, the armor, the chest piece. Right. And then once we were able to do that, it was like, okay, you know, we'll go fight this other thing. And it was, you know, it's still challenging, but I think, I don't even know if we had one death. We don't only, I don't know if we even had one faint because I was able to actually take a hit at that point. I remember the first time we mm-hmm. went in, if I got hit once, it was just over, even from full health. It's just like, it, and, that, and that's not, that's not the most feasible when you're fighting something that is a erratic and be new. So I didn't know all the tells. Yeah, exactly. So, but uh, no, that was a lot of fun. Uh, got some good progress there. Uh, and then I, uh, good Lord, I finally beat Lost Planet 2. Uh, that last mission <laughs> sucked. I hated that last mission. I hated that whole last episode. It was freaking stupid. Um, last. Okay. The last episode is like kind of passable. I kind of feel like it was a little rushed and it's, it's one of those levels where, and this is a personal nitpick where there's just sort of like, there's just sort of shit everywhere. It's sort of like Ant-Man and the quantum mania or whatever the latest one is where they're in this quantum verse and there's just like flying, you know, just shit all over the place. Like, you know, flowers that don't look like flowers anymore. And like the sky has like bubble gum in it and crap. Like it's just, it's just chaos. It's kind of like that where it we're, we're moving in and it's like, Oh no, now there's this barrier. Oh no, now there's this. Oh no, now there's that. Um, the first few chapters of that episode mm-hmm. weren't too bad. Uh, but then uh, as I progressed, uh, the last one was so stupid. There was four, I don't even know how else to describe them. There's four lava penises. 
and they were all flailing around <laughs> and you had to shoot the lava penises to make the head into a rock, which would, I guess, like weigh the lava penis down and you would stick a GPS coordinate coordinate thing on it so that a uh, satellite weapon in space would shoot down on it uh, on it as a target. And kill this big acrid, which is the the creatures in in, Lo- in the Lost Planet games. And the game's objectives were like use the GPS, use like connect the GPS coordinate or like you know uh, attach the GPS thing to this lava penis creature, um, and also hurry up, which drove me nuts because I ran around the whole level. My AI and I were shooting at these things, no instructions. I had no idea what the hell was going on uh, unless I missed some sort of piece of key dialogue or something. I had I just couldn't figure out what the hell to do. I noticed that when I was shooting the, the, the heads that they were getting these rock pieces on them, but I wasn't aware that slowly but surely they would come down and I would attach the GPS thing to that. Um, I don't know. So really, that pissed me off. But uh, the game overall was pretty good. It's definitely a co-op game that I played solo. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to give it like a 10 out of 10 or anything like that. But it was uh, pretty fun, and I would have definitely had fun in co-op if I had played at co-op, either split-screen or online. It was a four-player co-op game back in the day. Uh, so pretty fun that way, for sure. Uh, a lot of the people on YouTube before I started playing it said sort of the same thing, where, you know, it kind of got lukewarm reviews because the you know story is a little messy, this and that. But, you know, it's a co-op game, and it's not going to have the most deep story, and it's just supposed to be fight these ridiculous creatures, fight through these cities. You know, here's an ever-changing landscape of fighting humans in a city, then being out in the cold, then being in a jungle and stuff like that. So, I mean, pretty good other than that last level, which was friggin' dumb. Uh, But then I I went to a Call of Juarez, Bound in Blood. So this is a game that is, uh, it's like a a Western game. It's a linear game. It's from... uh, it's on the 360, and I, I played it on PS3 way back in the day, and my PS3 corrupted the save, like, really uh, like really far into it. I think I was two levels away or something, and I went to go play it one day. I was like, okay, I'm going to beat it today, and my PS3 had corrupted the save. So I went and I uh, bought it on Xbox. It was only a three bucks, like, like three, four bucks Canadian something on sale. I picked that up, and, uh, you know, this game didn't age the greatest. It wasn't, like, some big AAA title at the time, but the story is really good. So you play as antiheroes or, you know, villains, really. You're, you're outlaws. You're not good guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and you play, you're basically uh, playing the first level, which is sort of the prologue of the introduction. You're uh, in the Civil War. You're Confederate soldiers, and the, the North is pushing in, and you're ordered to abandon where you're at. And your family's homestead, although they call it a homestead, but it's a huge mansion, you find out, uh, is going to be burned to the ground. And you're basically like, hey, you know, we're not going to allow this. And by we, I mean, you're playing as two brothers and you get to choose which brother to play as for many of the missions. And you're like, hey, we're not going to allow this. And so you become deserters. You go back to your homestead, as they call it. And you meet up with your third brother who was caring for your mother. He was uh, going to be a priest. And your mother has sadly passed away. And then you live a life on the run. Uh, the Confederates obviously lose the war historically. And then, but the the general that, or the general or the officer or whatever that like ran your unit refuses to give up because he knows that you you deserted. And so now he's after you. And so you become basically these like really, 
you know, really angry, uh, you know, crazy outlaws. It's Wild West. Um, you're the villains of the story. And this uh, other brother is younger and he, it, you know, keeps trying to like calm you down and, you know, kind of be like, come on, guys, like, don't, you know, don't, don't be jerks. Like the war has changed you. You used to not be so crazy, you used to not be so mean and demanding and stuff like that. And that's where I'm at right now. So really interesting story where you're playing as like the, basically the villains of the story. And you get to choose, like I said, between the two brothers, uh, they each have different abilities. So it's kind of like the same as Arthur Morgan's like slow down time and kill, like, you know, the zoom in on the people and shoot them. Uh, but each one has a different one. So the one brother uses pistols and can use a lasso to get into certain areas. And the other brother is more about I think it's like rifles and shotguns or something. Uh, you can do duels. You can do all kinds of stuff. And it's a really unique addition to the Call of Juarez franchise because the Call of Juarez franchise has had a, a different past. Um, <laughs> uh, pretty because it's been all over the place. Call of Juarez, the cartel, which I also picked up for four dollars because I just want to play it. But I I know <laughs> it's horrible. I'm not probably going to beat it. Uh, but apparently that game's a piece of shit. Uh, so I want to try that. But call, the, the original Call of Juarez was like, eh. Uh, I only played a demo of it, but it was like, eh, but uh, the second one bound in blood was always really high up in my, in my list and people love it for the story. Uh, and then gunslinger is great too, which I've already played and beaten, which is, I think the latest one in the, in the franchise. That's a great game. That's the so one I've been playing on uh, my steam deck actually. Hell yeah. Have you beat it yet or no, no, it's, it's been a very, very slow go, but uh, I've been, I've been enjoying it. It's yeah, it's a good one. Like, like coming from Bound and Blood, and then years later, uh, like having not completed it, but then years later having played Gunslinger, I really like Gunslinger and flew through it because I just played it so much. So it's uh, it was a it was a pleasure to play then. So I'm hoping I'm hoping I'm hoping I can get through the cartel. I feel like I'm not going to, but I'm definitely going to get through Bound and Blood because it's a it's a ton of fun. But in in a in a sad turn of fate, really brief. Um, like I said, my PS3 corrupted my save, and my save was not corrupted. But uh, my internet went out in the middle of playing it and I thought nothing of it. And then it uh, kicked me out saying I had to have internet in this game. And it was right seconds after a save. And I was like, man, (laughs) if it corrupted this save, I'm going to go nuts. But it didn't. Luckily, the internet came back a couple minutes later and it was fine. So it wasn't a big deal. But uh, I think that has oh, oh, actually a little bit of Apex and a little bit of Fortnite. I completed the Fortnite event. Now I'm just working on leveling up the back bling and I did a little bit of apex. I think we got one or two wins. That was a lot of fun. And that has other than call of duty. <laughs> I play a lot of competitive shooters. Um, that has been my week. Tim. Yeah. I mean, you can probably guess uh, as the last time Skyrim, <laughs> just lots of Skyrim, lots of modded Skyrim going through it. Pretty, uh, pretty well. There's lots of great mod content that we've, gotten through and gotten to open up and see more of did a lot of fishing today which is uh technically a mod but it's part of the creation club content that uh bethesda just gave away um amongst some other things as part of the skyrim's 10th anniversary um for the special edition of the game not the anniversary edition although i think the anniversary edition comes with that stuff like pre-installed if you had it on like disc for your console or whatever um but yeah, it's it's been it's been cool. It's really interesting to see sort of like the different levels of quality between certain mods when they're like made by different people. Um, most notably, it comes in the way of like how good their writing skills are for like books or dialogue or that sort of thing. Not that we've seen too many mods that actually have voice acting, but 
Some of them do. And some of them actually use um, not AI, but use either like pre-made or pre-recorded lines of dialogue from characters in that game that mm. were for another thing, but they just repurposed them for like the purposes of their mod. Um, but then I've also seen, I think maybe it is AI that they've sort of strung words and phrases together into new sentences based on what the old um, like lines of dialogue or the existing lines of dialogue in the game are. And uh, that, that was, it's really weird to, for some mods, hear some characters go like, I need you to go down to the Dwemert ruin and find me a silver ring, like that kind of thing. Um, but it gets me thinking for like, there's, there's so much stuff online now of like, uh, AI trained like voice bots, you know, making, uh, fairly believable, you know, like audio files and recordings of like things for these characters to be saying. And these like real people all the time to be saying, uh, like the one that I see on TikTok all the time is, uh, the president and the ex presidents of the United States playing like Minecraft together and just like giving each other a hard time the whole time. So it's like Trump and Obama and, uh, Biden. And then sometimes like George Bush and John F. Kennedy, because they've just trained these, these bots with like so much spoken word from all these presidents. Cause they've gone on record for so long, uh, you know, speaking on a variety of things that these bots now you can just have this sort of voice, this digital voice to make it say whatever you want. And they're talking about like playing, you know, Fortnite and getting the dub. (laughs) It's like, you know, Trump and Biden arguing about who stole, who's killing Fortnite. And it's like, (laughs) this has such potential to be such a dangerous technology to make anybody say whatever you want or at least sound like it. And it's getting very convincing in some, in some situations, but this is what we use it for is to make them (laughs) talk about like they're playing Minecraft and Fortnite and stuff. That Um, one you sent me fucking had me dying when Obama just came in, it was Trump and (laughs) Biden talking about, I think it was new Vegas. And then all of a sudden like Obama just comes in with something super like to try to defuse the situation. I think, well, they're all talking about what (laughs) faction they support in new Vegas. And then it just keeps adding more and more and more like presidents and like Bush comes in and he's like, I think actually the brotherhood of steel is the best one. It makes a lot of sense. (laughs) They they, they like to come in and they like to take all the, all the weapons and make sure nobody uses them except for them. (laughs) They're all like, yeah, that does sound like you operation desert storm. Shut the fuck up. And, uh, um, it's uh yeah this this is this is what ai is used for and it's it's ridiculous to see but it just makes me think like think about what potential mods could have for uh having character dialogue that sounds like the actual voice actors said it right and uh and and it sounds like a believable read too it's not just a robotic like hello Mm -hmm. you have you have chosen to join the dark brotherhood today yes or no right um so that's that's really interesting to see is uh well, i is think the, a lot of voice actors are worried that yeah, their, their jobs are at risk it's the same thing with any art right with all this ai stuff is is uh how 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 much longer does this go on for before it gets like um like regulated by some sort of governing uh, body 
or yeah. uh you know are we going to reach the days of uh of what they uh sort of i guess like played with the idea of in detroit become human where you have these guys on the side of the street busking saying like sorry I sneezed uh having a sign that says like music with a soul kind of oh, thing oh yeah yeah the guys on the street playing the guitar because all of the music i guess in detroit become human is made by you know automation well, at that point uh what controversially uh uh, Apple has audiobooks that are completely read by um, by some of these AI kind of you know bots, mm-hmm. and so it's like you don't even need you know um, yeah, to pay anybody to read it out because you can just yeah. have a bot do it in a fraction of the time. And I think they're doing it for like you know smaller books or smaller publishers who, who can't afford or just don't have the capacity to to sell audiobooks. But I mean, you can you can quickly see how some book publisher would want to use this rather than hire you know, um, some big name to, to read their books. Mm-hmm. Well, Although, but a lot of people do want to hear from the author though. I think that is a selling point that, you know, the author would then have to sign off their, the use of their voice or something. Yeah. I was going to say with, um, like with the movies, uh, that are using like the CG versions of actors and stuff who are dead or, you know, whatever else, like when you see Carrie Fisher in, in the like more recent star Wars films, um, it's like they they have the rights to the likeness their own likeness right so they mm-hmm. have to like sign off on something like that for a product that is for profit yeah so yeah it's like how long before everybody is going to have to like th- there's going to have to be like you know law passed where everyone has exclusive rights to their likeness whether it's <laughs> their their image or their voice or you know whatever else in any format to be monetized right and then how yeah. many lawsuits are we going to get of people trying to get away with not getting people's permissions for using their voice or whatever and mm-hmm. just trying to find loopholes like well it sounds like you but it's actually not you it's just somebody who sounds oh. like you so therefore you know or someone doing an impersonation yeah i was going to say like oh yeah this sounds like trump but it's actually not trump it's a person it's an ai voice of this guy who does a trump impression and <laughs> he said he said that i could use his voice yeah uh so actually this is allowed and yeah. like stuff like that right so um anyway skyrim has been a lot of fun <laughs> uh, i can't remember no i guess it would uh, this has been since the last time that i uh that we recorded an episode so i uh made the cardinal sin i committed the cardinal sin of downloading more mods mid playthrough uh which if you've ever tried to mod anything you'll know that that is a fast track ticket to breaking your save um which so I have my on-stream character, and then I have another character where I was sort of like experimenting with stuff and like trying different mods and a lot of the tools that some of them allow for like quality of life purposes and things like that. And uh, I downloaded a couple more mods, tried to play that off-stream character. It broke every save. Mm. I could not load into any of those saves. And I was like, well, now I'm very scared because this character was only level four, not a big deal. I put like maybe two hours into this playing this character and just messing around with stuff. My other character is level 38 and has like 60 hours into it. And uh, luckily, all of those saves worked. They were not broken. So I don't know why that character worked and my other one didn't. But if it was the other way around, I would have been really freaking sad because <laughs> that would have been a lot of lost time. Damn. Um and also, it just made my character a woman for some reason. That was kind of interesting. I loaded back into that save, and the only thing that was broken was that my hmm. character had a female body. Same head, though. So that was weird. 
He had a big, <laughs> big head with a fat neck that was like separated from his really slim, kind of like great. default female in Skyrim body. Um, so luckily, going back into the uh, into the the player race menu and kind of trying to recreate my character uh, didn't actually like break any of his stats or abilities or anything. So that was that was lucky. So all things considered, uh, turned out probably best case scenario. This is my warning to you. If you are playing a game with mods, make sure that you are like happy oh with your God. mod list while you're trying to play the save file. Don't try to add anything new because you'll break stuff <laughs> and uh, you might lose your save. So back up your saves and your mod folders and stuff, I guess, or whatever. Wow. I'm sure most accomplished modders uh, already know that. But if you're new to it, uh, don't make the same mistakes that I made. That's largely been it. Um, played a little bit of a. Oh, I, I downloaded the uh, the Metroid Prime remaster on Switch. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, that's been amazing. It's it's so good. Like mm-hmm. I have such fond memories of playing uh, Metroid Prime on the GameCube, and I don't think anybody really saw this remaster coming. They kind of just like dropped it, and I said like, also it's available now, and everyone was kind of just like, whoa. Um. So that's been a lot of fun playing that uh, with dual stick support because it was back in the day. It was one of those games where you're 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 turning, you're moving your character and turning with just the control stick. Like the C stick wasn't really used very much for moving the camera, even though it was on the GameCube and had two sticks. Uh, You kind of had to like hold L, I think, and like. Like, look, move the left stick up and down, kind of like. um 007 Goldeneye on the N64 style to aim. Holy. Uh, yeah. So now it has dual stick support, which is really nice. It feels more like a modern kind of Metroid game. And uh, the updated visuals look really nice, too. It's just a really... With updated visuals, gameplay largely the same. It is just a game that has aged really well. I really, really enjoy Metroid Prime. And uh, this is probably one of the better remasters of a game I've ever played. And I had a bunch of uh, credit on my Nintendo account to like convert to discounts on, you know, how you get those like Nintendo coins or whatever, whenever you purchase something and then you can spend those on like a discount for something else. So I had like $10 worth of coins. So got a bit of a discount on it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really been worth, worth the money. It's really great. Hell yeah. Uh, Not too much different for me. Uh, Overwatch, Fortnite, um, Still, been, still been picking away at uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, oh, I started. I downloaded a bunch of mobile games. I found this interesting that just I just discovered all these all of a sudden. Some of them are new, but um, I've been playing a lot of Final Fantasy Fifteen, War for Eos. Eos, the hell is this called? <laughs> yeah, War for Eos. And you downloaded it. What? Yeah, and I'm a little. I don't like that I'm playing it because um, me and oh. Matt had played a base builder kind of RPG kind of game years ago. I don't even know how long ago. And what was that called again, Matt? That's Mobile Strike with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mobile Strike, and <laughs> there's just like a weird feeling I get when Come playing these games, but they are they're addictive, and so that you get you get sucked in, right? A so weird feeling. How? I don't mean? know. It's just it. Even though it is Final Fantasy, it feels like I'm getting ripped off over here. Um, like I don't just I don't know what's happening. It's just like I feel like I'm being taken advantage of. I think that's what's happening because it's a mobile game, or like <laughs> yeah. because of like I don't 
don't they're manipulating me. They're 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 sucking me in with the, with with the building and and all this crap. So I don't but like. I don't, I don't, but I don't if know you remember... enjoy the gameplay, isn't that not? I don't enjoy it. It's not fun. It's just it's just oh, okay. it's just scratching that itch. That's it. That's all it's doing. It's it's a hit. It's a dopamine hit, and that's yeah. all. Yeah, not getting uh, anything out of it. Um, but there's a couple a couple other ones I downloaded. Um, and uh, Tomb Raider Reloaded. I have no idea what kind of game this is. Uh, Run Sackboy, and then Mighty Doom, like based off the Doom games. I haven't played those yet, though, but I have downloaded them. I just thought it was funny that all of a sudden I see all these mobile games based on like normal video game franchises, you know. Kind of thought that era was over, but they're still they're still trying. That's it. Thanks for listening, Tim. That's the show. That's the show. They can't see that. Where can people watch your uh, download mods? (laughs) <laughs> um my address is oh god <laughs> no no, no. start do... start with your social insurance number no i won't do that <laughs> please yeah we uh like i said we've been playing some skyrim on stream five days a week twitch.tv slash the sidetrack uh and it's been it's been a lot of fun it's been it's been, the streams have been kind of kind of popping off kind of litty recently uh so you can come join the ever expanding community uh, fucking Liddy. I heard that <laughs> at uh, twitch.tv slash the sidetrack. I guess like Skyrim is just one of those like perpetually kind of popular games and uh, you know, people really enjoy it. And then when you download a bunch of mods, it really changes the game up and um, you get to see things in sort of a different light um, through a different lens when you've got a bunch of different like gameplay changing you know mods installed and you have to see somebody else's playthroughs and experiences and stuff so it's it's always interesting i i admit i i got back into skyrim because i saw a tiktok of somebody playing skyrim with a bunch of mods and i was like maybe it's time to get back to it because i haven't played in like six years and mods are there's gonna be a lot of new mods now so that's why i started playing it again um but yeah speaking of streaming and baldur's gate People can check that out too, can't they, Ryan? If you go to twitch.tv slash Media, you can check it out Wednesdays, 9 p.m. Eastern. D-A-Y-O-N-E-P-A-T-C-H-M-E-D-I-A. They can figure it out. I don't know, it gets it gets funky when you have like like numbers they in your name. One. So people, somebody might go D-A-Y number one. Yeah. P-A-T-C-H, right? Which I think, our, our, I think our Twitter is that, is it not, Matt? Is it with uh, the number? Yeah, I think we ran out of characters. Or it just wasn't <laughs> available. Might not have been available. Should I call it Day One Patch Pod? Or just DOPM? Or DOPM. Yeah. Either way, Day One Patch Media, Picture TV, Instagram, TikTok, uh, YouTube, 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 Instagram Reels. All right, we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for listening. Peace. Reminded me of the Yahoo. Oh, God. <laughs>